Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Moses was distinguished for his meekness, for his patience, for his miracle working, of course, through the power of God, and obviously for his faithfulness. He always was revered as the greatest Hebrew prophet. So, with that as a background, how difficult is it for the writer of the Hebrews to prove that Jesus is greater than this man? Now there's a difficult case. The early Christ followers, being Jews, had a lot of things to unlearn. They had to put aside their dependence on doing things to define their standing before God. They were to discover new freedoms that would come about as they decoupled from the Jewish religion. But as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, one of the biggest hurdles they had to overcome was their near deification of the prophet Moses. You'll discover, as did they, that while Moses was a great man, Jesus was better. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 3 as he begins his message, We Are God's House. Turn to the book of Hebrews. Old Testament? No. New Testament? Yes. Hebrews chapter 3. If you're watching by the internet, welcome. Hebrews chapter 3. There are a lot of words or phrases in our own individual lives that are pretty important phrases to hear. Some we use every day, some we don't use very often. Who's calling? Watch out. God bless you. They're alive. You've won. It's benign. I'm engaged. I'm married. I'm pregnant. In that order. (laughs) Here's some of you that are sports fans. Cubs win. You know, one of those kind of deals. We're going to see probably the two most important words in all of life. Remember now that the writer to the Hebrews is trying to encourage this small group, home group, of Jewish believers who have left Judaism and have come into Christianity. But because of persecution, because of difficulties, because their friends no longer speak to them, because Nero is now burning Christians at the stake, throwing them to the lions, they're being tempted to drift, to go back. 
And the writer is encouraging them through the whole book of Hebrews why they shouldn't do that and the reasons for that. If I mention the name Moses to you, if you have any kind of a biblical background, all kinds of things come into your mind. Here's just a couple of them that may come back to your mind if you think about Moses. The Red Sea being divided, receiving the Ten Commandments. Well, when you mention Moses to a Jewish person, it was almost as if you mentioned God. Because they had a great reverence for the prophet Moses. You know from the start of Moses' life that God had his hand on his life. That little basket in the Nile and how God arranged for Moses to be miraculously saved from being killed. And then not only just saved, but Pharaoh's daughter comes and he lives in the palace and his mother gets to come in and take care of him for the first few years. And then Moses goes through all of these years identifying really not at all with anything of the Jewish faith of the one true God. He's in a pagan society, but at the age of 40, he chooses to serve God. He identifies with the Hebrews that are being enslaved in Egypt. Moses made that choice. It was a huge choice. It was life-changing. It was the right choice. But shortly after he made that choice, he made a bad choice. You know what life's about. All of us here have done both of those. Moses made a bad choice, and usually when we make a bad choice, it's simply that we get ahead of God. And that's what happened. You remember in anger, he went out and killed an Egyptian who had been mistreating one of those Hebrews that he obviously was and was identifying with, and he hid the body in the sand, and the very next day he went out and he discovered that everybody knew what he thought he'd hidden. Moved by fear, Moses fled from Egypt. You know the story. He spent the next 40 years of his life as a shepherd, land of Midian, got married, had a family, not much happening until a burning bush. And then God, in his grace, came to Moses. God didn't give up on Moses because of a bad decision. Maybe you hear him. You've just made one. And the enemy says to you, can't use you anymore. Man, bad decision. No, God didn't give up on Moses. In fact, he came and gave him a bigger challenge than Moses ever thought he could have. He said to Moses, I want you to go and deliver my children from Egypt. And then I want you not only to do that, but to take them to the promised land. Well, this new challenge included a bunch of peas, puzzlement. Moses started with, why me? It went on to plagues, to Passover, to the parting of the Red Sea, and finally, to the reputation that Moses had. Moses had 
the reputation of being Israel's greatest prophet. Prophet. So much so that hard for us to understand. Look at these verses. You see them. And whenever Moses went out to the tent in Exodus 33.8, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. I want you to try something tonight. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to walk on stage, and I'd like you just to rise in my honor. And Well, that's what they did. Why did you laugh? Well, you know that we wouldn't do that because the next thing I think is very important, notice what it says. Now, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. He was, you know, we use the term the man. He was the man in the Old Testament. He was the man, and yet he was incredibly humble. Keep your finger right there. We're going to be a little bit in the Old Testament. Turn to Numbers chapter 12. Why did the Jewish people have this reverence for Moses? You say, well, Pastor Mark, we're in Hebrews. Why are you talking about Moses? Well, one reason. Because the Jews that are tempted to go back into Judaism are going to be taught that Jesus is a way better prophet than the prophet Moses. That's the whole reason for this. So if you and I don't understand the reverence the Jewish people had for Moses, I mean, really, it wouldn't be a threat for us to go back to Judaism. But it was a real threat for the Jews. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. Listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So we begin to see that Moses has a very unique relationship with God, unlike anyone, anyone else. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. As you get this background you begin to see what took place, how Moses was distinguished. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 1, and then we're going to skip right down to verse 4. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah across from Jericho. Then the Lord showed him the whole land. Remember? He was leading the people to the promised land. God took him up and showed him the land. Skip on down to verse 4. This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day... No one knows where his grave is. It'll be interesting because you go over there and there'll be all these churches that have, here's where Moses is buried. Nobody knows where he's buried. Verse 7 I like. 
Moses was 120 years old when he died. So his life members filled in the 40s, three 40s. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. I'd like to know the solution to that, wouldn't you? No LASIK surgery needed. None of these little things are needed. His eyes were perfect at 120. Whatever that vitamin is, if I could find it, praise God, we'd, go, we'd be miracle people right here, wouldn't we? Oh, nor was his what gone? And by the way, he didn't have a Bowflex. His strength was not gone. That's encouraging to me. Well, how did the Israelites react? Verse 8, the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plain of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. So notice the reason God took Moses wasn't really physical. It was spiritual. He couldn't lead them any longer into the promised land because he had failed God. But you're going to see that the Bible talks about how great Moses was. What a man of faith he was. That encourages me again. Because you and I fail. Sometimes miserably. But God himself buried Moses. Well, look down at verse 10. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials in the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So, now we have a picture. This Moses was distinguished for his meekness, for his patience, for his miracle working, of course, through the power of God, and obviously for his faithfulness. He always was revered as the greatest Hebrew prophet. So, with that as a background, how difficult is it for the writer of the Hebrews to prove that Jesus is greater than this man? Now, there's a difficult case. From the human point, how were you going to do that? Well, of course, it isn't from the human point, because the Holy Spirit's there. Back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers... Who share in the heavenly calling, circle these words in your Bible, we'll be back to them in a moment, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and the high priest whom we confess. I gave you a couple other translations, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 in the New King James. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. New Living Translation. So, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. That word consider in the original language is a really, it's just a word that's pregnant with meaning. To think deeply, to observe fully, to learn thoroughly, to focus on. That word, consider, is used in a number of other places in the Bible, the very same word. Let me read you two of them. Matthew 6, 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Another place where this same word consider is used, Matthew 7, 3. 
And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Do you not consider the plank in your own eye? Consider. It could be that the two most important words in life are what the writer started, chapter 3. Consider Jesus. You see, everything is about Jesus. Life starts with him. In the beginning, there was Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. And you'll see nothing was made without him. So why should we not consider Jesus? The bottom line is, as we focus on him, and that's one of the things we do in our services as we read through the scriptures, as we study the scriptures, they're all about Jesus. He's everywhere in the Bible. The bottom line, as I consider him, is to love him, to serve him, to become like him. Notice, therefore, holy brothers. By the way, do you like that? I like holy brothers. Don't you like being called holy? Should be like. I mean, the opposite you don't want. Holy brothers. How if I said, how are you, unholy people? We wouldn't like that. So the writer starts really good. Therefore, holy brothers. Now, I make fun of that, but notice, who's he writing to? Believers or unbelievers? Believers. So it's important you understand that when you go through the Bible, look for the context. We're not writing to unbelievers. We're writing to believers. And they're holy believers. They're doing well. They haven't drifted. Doesn't mean they're not tempted to drift, but they haven't drifted. Or the writer goes on and says, don't harden your heart. So they haven't been drifting. They're doing good. They're holy. Then he has to write to them and say, careful, you can get a hard heart. Now, holy simply means set apart to be servants from God. Who share in the heavenly calling. In the heavenly calling. God from heaven called us to follow him. That's how it works. He comes to us. He invites us to follow from heaven. At the end of our life, God also calls us. He calls us to heaven. If you're a Christian, you have a heavenly calling. If you're not, God's calling you. All you have to do is respond. At the end of our life, just like Moses, he'll call us up to heaven to be with him forever. Now, what does this mean? It's not only a calling that I have for God to be a Christian, but it's a calling I have to be a Christ follower, including Ephesians 2.10, all the things he has for me. Here's the next thing you want to write, very important. If we're going to fulfill the call of God on our lives, in other words, we have a calling. Paul would say in many of his epistles, Paul called to be an apostle. So you have a calling. I'm called to be a pastor teacher. You have a calling. I'm called to be a parent. I'm called to be a husband. Call to be a lot of those things. If we are going to fulfill the call of God in our lives, we must focus and concentrate on Jesus. So that's what the writer says. Notice what he's, what he's meaning by that. He says, I begin to talk about greatness of Jesus. Don't keep going back to Moses. I know you want to go back to Moses. In fact, the writer's going to say, I'm going to go back to Moses, but wait till I go back to Moses. And then I'm going to show you why Jesus is always better. Then it says in verse 1 that not only a heavenly calling, but an apostle. An apostle is simply a sent one. Someone that has a special message and someone that has a special mission. Moses in the Old Testament was an apostle. He had a special message and mission. Free the Jews 
take him to the promised land. What was the message that Moses received? What was the Ten Commandments? It was the law. He was the lawgiver. Now Jesus, you're going to see in a moment, was also an apostle. He was sent with a special message. What was the message? This is what God's like. Jesus said, I came so you can see what God's like, because no man has ever seen God. So what was Jesus' special mission? To go to the cross, to provide for you a way to be forgiven, for myself included. Not only was Moses and Jesus an apostle, but they were also both high priests. Now, high priest is interesting, and maybe in your Bibles you want to write this. When I think of high priest, there's, it's a bridge builder. That's what a high priest is. He's a bridge builder. He's a person that goes between God and man. He's a bridge builder. To be an effective bridge builder, obviously the person must know God, and he must be able to know man and speak for God and speak to man. That's what a bridge builder is. That's what a high priest is. Both Jesus and Moses were priests, bridge builders between God and man. Now verse 2. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. So notice the writer is focusing on Jesus first and then comparing him to Moses. He says Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him, and Moses was faithful. Both Jesus, both Moses were faithful in their calling as an apostle and a high priest. Moses was a great leader, was a friend of God. He was a builder of a nation and the law builder. Moses was faithful, yes, but Moses was not perfect. Now let me have your attention for a moment. Sometimes when we see this comparison between Moses and Jesus, we kind of get the feeling that Moses is no good and Jesus is good. That's not the feeling at all. Moses was incredible. Moses is good. He's very good. But Jesus is what? Right. So don't don't get confused when we do this, kind of like thinking, well, as I look at this, Moses really... No big deal. Moses was a big deal. I mean, can you imagine what God did through his life? Incredible. Next thing you want to write is this. Jesus was faithful, like Moses, but one thing different. He was perfect. We know that Jesus was faithful to obey God in absolutely every area of his life, including going to the cross to pay for our sins. But unlike Moses... Jesus never made a wrong decision. He never sinned. He was perfect. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about the difficulty the Jewish Christ followers had in having some of their thinking rearranged. Because of the high regard with which they held Moses, it was easy for them to be tempted to return to Judaism. The writer of Hebrews used the scriptures to illustrate to them the ways that Jesus had were so much better than Moses. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, We Are God's House. You'll hear more comparisons between Moses and Jesus. You'll find out the ways that they were similar. More importantly, you'll find out how they differ. Pastor Mark will talk about Jesus' human perfection, as well as his deity, and how these facts elevate Jesus above the man, Moses. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series in the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.